Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, everyone. It's Gav here. Just a quick one. But before you enjoy today's show, please do us a massive favor and donate to our Christmas fundraiser for the Sunland Community Soup Kitchen. Last year's initiative was a huge success and we managed to raise almost £19,000. This is a hard enough time of the year for families as it is, but since COVID hit, even more people are struggling. Neighbours, family and friends. So yeah, head across to the Roper Report website and social media channels where you'll find all the links to donate on our GoFundMe page. Thanks everyone. Sunderland got beat uh, after a whirlwind week where we got a new sporting director and a new manager and we actually lost our manager last Sunday as well. It was just a, a mental time to be a Sunderland fan and we all thought that Sunday, sorry, Saturday against Wigan, bottom of the league, at the stadium like new manager in the dugout, we would get a positive result. Wasn't a B. Wigan scored with their only shot of the game and beat us 1-0. To digest all of this, I have the poor Abromley. Niall, how are you doing, Niall? Hello, Connor. Yeah, I'm um, I'm all right, I suppose. Yeah, um, obviously a disappointing result, but I'm sure we'll get into that. We've also got Malcolm Dugdale here. How are you doing, Malcolm? Sporting a nice 2013-14 shirt of good years, but well, it wasn't really a good year, but it was a better year than this one. Well, there's not many that are much worse, is there? Um, I'm yeah. well, thanks, Connor. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, you know things could be better, but then we could still be stuck with Parkinson, and then it would probably be worse. So, trying to look for positives. I'm sure there's a few yeah. to come. I wonder how many times we'll say the words Parkinson or Phil Parkinson today. We'll try and limit it yeah. as much as we can. But I say we just jump straight into a two-footed stud showing. Um, new manager in the dugout. His team selection, he went with a, a 4-3-3. Well, I would call it 4-3-3. Maybe you'd call it a 4-5-1. Uh, Aidan McGeady was back in the side. Will Grigg started up front as well. Niall, is that, do you think, the sign of things to come? Is a Lee Johnson Sunderland side going to be a... 4-3-3 kind of team or do you think he's just trying to feel out his side in the early games? Um yeah, I think he's gonna he is gonna fancy the four three three. I think he's gonna be more attacking. Um because you've seen the way that we started yesterday, I've never seen Sunderland start so bright in a long time. Um, you know, the they were creating openings, they were getting into the final third and and getting plenty of corners. I think we got had about four or five corners inside the first ten minutes or something like that. So that's something that we've not seen. I mean we're lucky if we've been getting three or four corners the entire game so far this season so that was uh, that was nice to see obviously with us being so open it has let Wigan I, I, I don't know if we had five at the back would that goal have went in I don't know but obviously like you said it's it's all a learning curve for him but yeah it's it probably is what we're going to see Um, I think he does like his attacking brand of, of football so 
fingers crossed that's that's what we're going to see and we're going to see more exciting games and more goals and hopefully more goals for Sunderland. Malk, what did you make of Aidan McGeady coming back in the side? Because everyone knows that I've been on this Aidan McGeady in camp for a while. <laughs> New manager comes in, first thing he does, puts him in the start 11. What did you make of that? It's certainly an interesting thing to do. It screams everyone's got a chance now. Uh, which is, I, I think, a good um, a good message from a new coach to the whole squad. I was surprised when he was um, put in the starting eleven. I thought he would come on off the bench because of his lack of game time since the summer when he finished his loan moves. But um, yeah, I think I think there was a the whole game. Even though the manager was obviously only a small number of hours in role before the game happened, the whole game seemed to me to have a a bit of an air of you know shows what you got. And he got a bit of that. Fair enough, we're lost, uh, but he got a bit of that. And and I think it's it's positive for Aiden. It's positive for the club because when he's well managed and well coached and fit and, you know, those other um, kind of key attributes that you need, he's definitely, you know, in the top three or four players in our whole squad, even at the age he is. He showed that, you know, with some, you know, pretty stinging shots that he, he managed to unleash. Unfortunately, he didn't get any to go in. But yeah, I, I think it was less about specifically telling Aidan that he's back and more about telling everybody, right, you've all got a chance now. I'm going to go with a, a clean deck and, and let's see what's coming out of the cupboard, you know. Talking of clean slates, Will Grigg started. It was an interesting decision to throw him in there. Obviously, we know how out of form. And out of sorts, Will Griggs been really since he signed for Sunderland. But Niall, were you sort of in favour of the decision? I imagine Will Griggs had his slate, his slate completely wiped clean. It's starting afresh for him. His mindset, hopefully, has refreshed. But were you surprised to see Lee Johnson throw him in straight away? No, no, no I wasn't surprised because um, he didn't have many other options other than Danny Grimm. And, you know, I think Will Grigg, Lee Johnson will probably see him is a key to getting us promoted because I think we all kind of know that Will Grigg, if, if you get him scoring and you get him firing, which is something we've not been able to do since he signed, you know, somehow, if, if we can do that and if we can set him back on fire, so to speak, you know, I think it's it's going to help us because, I mean, you've seen the amount of goals we can see. We don't concede many goals. And yeah, it might change now under Lee Johnson with us being a little bit more open. But, you know, if, if if you have at this level, if you have someone who's capable of scoring 20, 25 goals, you're going to be in and around there. Um, because we have got goals in other areas of the pitch as well. But that one man who's who's putting them in, that's just going to help us so much. So I think that's the way Lee Johnson's going to look at it. He would have been desperate for Greg to score yesterday. And I think for us as fans as well, if Greg had scored yesterday, it would have been phenomenal for us. Everyone would have thought, oh, Johnson's going to get the best out of him. He's, he's finally broke that duck, do you know? Unfortunately, it didn't happen for him. He, you know, he, he didn't really have much of an opportunity, did he? He didn't really have a, a standout chance. But um, I think he's, it's one of them things Lee Johnson's going to look at, it, and, and certainly until January, until he can strengthen, if that's what he wants to do, which we all think that is what he wants to do, then it, it is something, you know, Will Greg probably is going to play. I think he probably will play every week. Is it harsh on Charlie White because he's been scoring goals? I don't know, he's injured, so we don't know how long he's going to be out for, but I think that's what Johnson's going to do. He's a, he's a Johnson kind of player, so I, I'd be very surprised if he lost his place, to be honest. Do you think, Malcolm, it was a mistake? I mean, this is what I thought yesterday. It was a mistake for Johnson to take charge of this game when he hasn't had a training session. He said that it was a whirlwind 48 hours to being appointed, which suggests to me that he had no idea he was getting the job on Wednesday night. And on Saturday, he's in the dugout at the stadium. Like, to me, 
that generally is a no-no. I've never known a manager get appointed on Saturday morning and then take the game on the afternoon. I, I can't legitimately think of a time that it's happened. It felt like a mistake at the time. Hindsight being what it is, we lost the game as well. Do you think it was a mistake? It depends how the decision came around, really. If they said to him, look, you've got a choice. Uh, you can you can be in the in the technical area and you can run the team or you can sit in the stands and uh, and you know our caretaker manager can do it and he said no I want to be there then that's not a mistake that's that's a bloody good attitude you know because he, he just wants to get in and he, and he's happy to accept whatever comes of that um to and to take the rap for it if if it's not anything positive because he just wants to get in their boots and all and start understanding what's going on I mean, there's an argument he can probably see what's going on a bit better from the stands. Some, you know, that's possibly one of the mistakes that you could suggest. You know, you can see a game much better from the gods in the stadium of light than you can do from, you know, row four, where you're almost below the bloody pitch. Um, but, um, but you know, if if he's been offered it and he's took it, you know, good on the lad. He's he's not shirked the responsibility, even on short notice. If he's been pushed in to do that, then yes, it's a mistake because... When you bring a new um, director of sport in and a new head coach in, you've got to empower them to do things their own way. Um, so if he's had his arm twisted, then I think that's bang out of order. But, you know, he doesn't come across as the kind of guy who's going to be told, you know what you're doing today, you're looking after the team because I'm telling you to. Because he's quite a, a, a well-spoken, well-trained, you know, well very knowledgeable footballing person. And if he didn't think it was going to help him, I think he would have told him where to stick it. So uh, I don't I don't think it was a mistake as long as there was no kind of pushback on the actual idea. It was it was accepted by him. And if he, if he did say, you know what, let me in there, then good on the lad because he's he's taking it on warts and all before he's even had a chance to speak to most of the lads, I would guess. Now, the, the other thing, I mean, I, I agree actually with quite a lot of what Malcolm said there, but we're going to play devil's advocate. Do you think Johnson maybe looked at Wigan at home, bottom of the league, it was a good chance for him to get off to a good start and he was going to try and use that to really set himself up? Or do you think, as Malcolm said, it was more to do with the attitude of, well, I'm here now, so why would I not get my hands dirty? Um, I think it's a bit of both. I think, uh, like you say, I agree with everything Malcolm said, to be honest with you. But I also think that, yeah, he, he would have looked at it and would have thought, listen, they're bottom of the league, we're at home. If you know, if I can, if we can get a win here and break me duck straight away, first win, which is always you know the the first thing a manager needs to do as soon as possible. Um, today's a great opportunity to do it with with Wigan coming here. It's it's backfired. I think it was a risk. Um, and if it, if it had worked, it would have been great. But like I said, it has backfired. But the positives, you can look at it now, and you can and and he can look at it, and he knows exactly from in the dressing room as well as because I know Malcolm said about the stands. Yes, he he might have seen more, but he's also seen the attitude in the dressing room. He touched on that in his post-match interview, didn't he? And said about the players, you know, being a bit quiet and, you know, not being as active as what he'd want them to be. Um, You know, so he's, he's seen that side of it. So now I think he knows, after that brief experience, exactly what he needs to do to put it right. So I, th- I do think that he did try and do it just to get, get the first win out the way done. Um, But I also think there was a lot more to it than that. And, and, and I totally agree with what Malcolm said. So... Yeah, it's um I I, I was pleased. I, I was a little bit surprised, but I was pleased that he was in the in the dugout yesterday and it, it just shows his willingness to work, you know, that competitiveness, that that willingness to 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 get wins and to get straight involved and and get this club back on the on the winning route and, and hopefully out this division and, and he saw that as the 
the opening and the, the first way to, to take a step on that ladder. We'll talk now about the game. We've been talking about 10 minutes now and we still haven't actually mentioned the physical <laughs> game itself. Wigan, one shot, one goal. Sunderland, uh, by every metric, with a better side. I think we had over 70% possession. I think we had 16 shots. We had 47 crosses attempted, block shots. You name it, it happened in the game. Do you think we were maybe just a little bit unlucky there, Malcolm, in the fact that Wigan literally had the most smash and grab result you could probably ever have as an away team? Yes, we're unlucky, but then, you know, one of the, you know, just building on the on the last question, if, if I may, one of the things that I don't want is um, I don't think it's going to help um, the new manager and the new um, director of sport at all if we suddenly went on a winning sprint and he didn't see any of the issues that the past management have had to deal with. I think it's actually a good thing that he's gone in, you know, up to the guts and seen us lose narrowly when we were quite a, you know, a much more dominant presence than we have been arguably in a number of other games this season. Um, so when he's when he's dove in and seen that, then he can start thinking about how to fix it straight away. If we'd gone on a run of five or six, two, three nils and purely on new manager kind of influx, then what's he going to do to change anything, you know? So, um, but yeah, I, I think we were unfortunate. Um, but the, the thing that was clearly missing was that that clinical killer shot or, you know, header or, or whatever, you know, I don't care if it goes in the bloody left buttock, you know, I would still take it. Um, and, you know, it, it doesn't matter how many crosses you put in or how much possession you've got, you know, that, that shot that that young lad did uh, for their team, or I don't know how young he is, I'm, I don't know the, the Wigan team that much. I've heard that most of them at the moment are youngsters. But it reminded me a bit of Josh Madger before he left us. You know, he didn't need many opportunities. And to a lot of the time, in my opinion, he wasn't brilliant at holding the ball up and, you know, you know, holding people at his back. But every now and again, he could take the ball, create himself half a yard and bang it in a corner and we'd be over the moon, you know. And it was one of them occasions where their striker managed to do that. Um, so I think we lost to a very opportune goal and we were we were unfortunate. But it just amplified for me the the importance of that clinical finishing in the last third and and the you know putting the best possible balls in. You know we started with Grig, for instance, but um, a lot of the crosses that were coming in were were you know high crosses. Grig's not going to win them against big lummoxy centre backs. You know he needs the ball to feet. So um, there were a few things that we possibly could have done differently. Uh, but we were unfortunate. Um, but it was it was always going to be a bit of an experiment of a match. I just wish it hadn't been a loss. Niall, I mentioned 47 crosses attempted, but only six successful. It suggests to me that Lee Johnson's going to favour a wing, you know, favour going down the wings. But six successful, that to me suggests that A, the movement's not right in the box, and B, the final delivery must be very, very poor in set pieces. You know, Josh Scowan, don't want to dig him out too much, but his set pieces yesterday, oh, sorry, on Saturday, were just... Shocking, he couldn't get it past the first man. Do you think that that's something that needs to be worked on? Because we, we've talked a lot about the strikers not putting themselves in the right positions. But I think at times the delivery that we have from the wide positions is it's abysmal. And 47 crosses attempted, six successful. How do we remedy that? How does Lee Johnson fix the problem that is Sutherland's sort of delivery? <laughs> he buys new players, <laughs> I think. Uh, because I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, you're totally right in what you're saying. The it, the the final ball. I mean, the amount of times I was shouting at the telly, 
because you know the amount of teams were on the wing and you, there was nobody in the area. You know, and yes, you, you where where is everybody? You know, and it 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 was frustrating, and but they were still crossing the balls in, like you say. But there's just nobody there. Um, final the final ball, the final delivery is awful. Um, you know, I know he, he got injured yesterday, but I mean, Denver Hume is something we've touched on for a long time. He and I've said this a few times. He needs an arm among them, and he needs to be taught how to how to cross a ball in. He he needs that because he's got everything else to his game, but that end bit is just. It's so frustrating. And and as you say, scowling as well. It's just yeah, it's it's frustrating to watch. I d I don't know how he how he he get how he changes it because like I say, it's it's a key part of this level, isn't it? Set pieces. How many how many goals have we conceded due to set pieces? How many have we scored? I have we scored many? not many at all. It's 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 total frustration and it is something that Lee Johnson it is a pivotal part of us having a successful season this season, and it is that. Um, because yeah, like you say, it's it's not just the actual delivery itself. It's it's the want to be on the end of it, the want to be in the area. Um, you know why aren't people making darting runs? Why aren't people getting into positions and areas into space? It's not happening. So yeah, I I don't know how he he, he puts it right, but he certainly needs to put it right, and he needs to put it right now. And you mentioned post game that it was obvious that there was a lack of pace and power within the squad. January's just around the corner. It's a month away. It's scary. Luckily, 2020 is on its way out within a month, which is nice. Um, but how do, how do we get the answers in January? Or do we have internal answers? You know, Benji Kimpioka strikes me as the kind of player who might thrive in, in this team because we really lack players like him who are direct, who can, you know, cause chaos. And I think that's what Benji Kimpioka is. He comes on and he, he runs around and he causes a lot of chaos and he, he worries defenders. But do you think the lack of pace and power, is there an answer within this squad, Malcolm, to, to fix that problem? Or do you think that it does have to come from an external source, i.e. a transfer? Um, I think there are players in the team that have got a bit of pace and power, but they've been underused. You know, we've many times lamented the lack of game time for Jack Diamond. Obviously, Kim Bianca, there, there was a lot of deliberation over his new contract and then... Uh, when he was banging them in time after time for the under-23s, he then got an injury. Uh, so he he didn't get a chance to put that onto the first-team pitch. Um, so I think I think it'll possibly end up being a bit of a combination. Uh, the challenge is, you know, even though January's not far away, um, with all of the rules about how much you can spend, both in the league and this, that and the other at the moment, uh, and even if the new ownership model is confirmed and and there are people with very deep pockets knocking around the northeast. It's it's more what we can do um, without shelling out people. You know, there were, there were a segment of the of the fan base who were thinking, um, and I've spoken to to mates who've who've had this line of thinking that part of the reason uh, Aidan McGeady was sidelined was because he's got a a big pay packet compared to a lot of others, and if we let him go, much the same as letting Watmore go or letting other people go in the past you know, cut them all the same, you kind of free up the wages for a number of other players instead. Now, they're not going to be the same quality. It does give you more options. Um, but the um, I think the, the guys are going to have to get what they can out of the bulk of the squad that we've got because you're not going to be able to tear the team sheet up, chuck all of the squad into the under-23s and start again. You're not allowed to do that anymore, even if you have got a billionaire backer. Um, so I'd like to see... Um, the, the new uh, coaching team's capabilities, bring the best out of the lads that we've got, identify the the kind of gaps and the, the weaknesses. And he's already identified quite nicely that pace and power is important. 
um, and try and fill those as, as efficiently as possible. Yesterday was dying out for somebody to actually run at their their centre-back pairing uh, with some intent. You know, a couple of times, a couple of people did it and they did all right. Scowen actually had a good run, but then he fudged the shot and didn't get it on target. So I, I think if we've got that as an option, it's not just about going wide and bombing it in. You know, the opposition teams will have to be ready for us to run at them as well. Um, and that'll give us a different dimension we just haven't got right now. And Niall, in terms of January, there's this EFL bailout coming. I'm pretty sure the rules dictate if you take money from that EFL bailout, it limits what you can do in terms of the transfer market. So it's very possible that January just isn't an option really to fix the problems at Sunderland because if you take this bailout, which I imagine is essential to the club, although we may have a new billionaire owner by then, it means that he's probably going to have to find internal options. He's going to have to find loans and he's going to have to find things within our squad, number 23 squad. Um, Malk's touched on a lot of the sort of some of the players that could come in, but is there any players, you know, maybe Daniel we talk about all the time, but influence, putting players like him in might influence that and he might be what we need because he is a player who likes to get between the lines. He's a bit more forward thinking. Same with obviously Elliot Embleton who we've craved to see and obviously he came on yesterday but it feels to me like the answer is going to have to be within the academy of light would you agree um no i think that lee johnson knows that he can he can make his squad better in january because he's already touched on it so there's no way that he would say that in an interview if he's not been told that he can and he's probably already got an idea of exactly who he's going to bring in um so i don't think it i don't think the answer lies with the academy for him I, I do think that the options there, you know, your Jack Diamond, your Dan Neal, your Embleton, your Kim Bjorka, I would have them in the first team when they're all fit. I would probably play them as well. I think as well, if you've got players like Aidan McGeady now back in the team, working with these players, it's it's only going to be a benefit to them. So yeah, I would definitely have them in and around and, and I think it would help us. But I, I don't think for Lee Johnson, that's the answer. I think he knows exactly what he needs and I think he knows exactly what he's going to try and get. And I also think he's been told he can go get it. Um, yeah, whether it be loans or, or whatever, I, I don't know. But I'll, I'll be very surprised if we don't strengthen in January. And I think the players that were strengthened will be players that he knows, players he's worked with, maybe he's at Bristol City or, or Barnsley, um, players he's comfortable with and players that he know have a bit of pace and, and can get way into these advanced areas and, and get where, you know, a better end product and, and more goals, which is which is obviously what, what we need more than anything else. So, yeah, I think that's what he's going to do. But I, I would like to see the youngsters in there. They deserve the opportunity that they need the opportunity he has also said in an interview that he believes in youth that he's always been wanting to get you through and push you through he's he said that i think twice in his interview so yeah it, it, it'll be a benefit to to have him especially with speakman as well who obviously work with youth i think they're going to work together on that and make sure that they do have more coming through the academy and and more local lads playing for sunland and and stuff like that so that is going to be a benefit but i don't think that's the answer they're looking for right now, I don't. I think it will be in January. That That's just my thought, but but that's what I believe in. So, sort of looking ahead now, obviously we've got four weeks to go until January. A, how do we change the way that we play until you can make bigger changes? You know, how can he implement his system and what exactly is it? But also, he's got a bit of an injury crisis on his hands. Jordan Willis, Denver Hume, Lugo Nine, Charlie White, Lyndon Gooch. They're five players that I've picked out who are first team players. We've also got some younger players. I think Oliver Younger's uh, injured. There's another under-23 defender who's injured as well. So we've got a lot of injuries, particularly defensive injuries as well. That, to me, means that he might actually be forced to play the maybe the under-23 players because the reality is, is we actually are running short of players at the minute, Mal. So do you think that 
you know, for the next four weeks, he's going to have to find a way of turning what we have right now into something positive. And if you look at the way we've played since we beat Ipswich on the what the 2nd of November, over a month ago, we've not won a game since that point. He has to find something within this squad of players for the next month. Otherwise, we're going to be like staring out of League One the other way rather than the way we want to be, which is back towards the Championship. So it's it's a difficult job for him, isn't it, Mark? It is, but given himself and Speakman have both got major ties to focusing on academies, I think they'll find a way. You know, we have we have got some options. I, I, I just had a quick look, um, Connor. I know we were talking about the youth injuries earlier on offline, and and obviously there's. Uh, I, I thought he was youth, but he's not. He's one of our loanees. Feeney's not far from coming back, isn't he? So he's he's on the injured list as well. Um, and in that um, cup game that we had the other week, there was Dunn, uh, who I think popped an elbow or a shoulder or something, didn't he? And younger, who had a crack in first half, uh, who went off. Um, so he's 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 gonna have to try and do two things at once which is implement his system and find the best people to deliver it for him with the resources that are available uh, at the time it's not an easy job um, and we have got a lot of injuries uh, in wider terms that are, are going to make it even more difficult for him the the counter to that is if he is going to focus on giving youth an option um, then you know we've got an ideal opportunity coming up this week with a cup game so let's you know I would imagine there'll not be a lot of time off this weekend um, I'd certainly not uh, hope there would be after after such a disappointing result anyway but he'll want to get his hands on the squad and start drilling them the way he works and um, he's, he's going to have to find a way to at least keep us in touch until the January window opens and the and the, the further point of that is even when the January window opens what do we always do we always buy right at the bloody end of it because nobody will let their players go in case somebody in the championship wants to pay more um so you end up with no real effective new players until the back end of february once they've had two or three weeks to get up to speed so he, he needs a plan for the next two or three months uh, by expending minimal money using the squad as well as it can and also embedding his own tactics and formations at the same time so he's got a big old job on his hand um but uh you know He's he's got a record of of being a very good coach rather than just a football manager. So hopefully he's got the skills to do it. And now we've also got a lot of players, you know, coming out of contract at the end of the season. And the reality is, is they know with a new manager in place, it's a it's a clean slate for them. It's a chance for them to impress maybe players that you might have thought time was up at Sunderland. You know, I mean, Conor McLaughlin being a prime example. I don't know if he's out of contract this summer, but he's a player that. Six months ago, you probably thought his career at Sunderland was over. You couldn't even get in the squad. Now, he looks like a pretty competent player. He's done pretty well since he's came in. I think that's fair to say. But there's a lot of players within that squad who are coming up. You know, Lugo 9 is one. I think Charlie Wyke's coming out of contract. Max Powers coming out of contract. Um, You can look at Tom Flanagan signed a new one in the summer. But you can look at across that whole team there and go, you know what? These all need to play for new deals. And certainly in the way that the world is right now, the lack of money in football they're probably best off staying at Sunderland because they can probably get a similar contract to what they've got. Do you think that's where Lee Johnson needs to almost, you know, challenge this squad? Because he's got six months now from now at the end of the season, whereby every single player in that dressing room knows that at the end of the season, they're very easily, you know, removed and very easily, well, transferred out to given free contracts. It's a big opportunity for him to shape his squad over the next six months so that at the end of the season, he knows who's staying and who's going. Yeah, well, it's um, it's the last chance to for a lot of them, I think. I think other than Luke 09, 
I don't think any of the other lads have warranted bigger moves. Um, I can see O'Nine being picked up by a championship team, uh, but the rest of them, no. So I think they're going to have to put the work in and they're going to have to prove it to Lee Johnson. Otherwise, they're, they're probably going to have to drop, you know, maybe he's not dropped a level that can probably stay in League One, but, you know, they'll not be at a, a club the size of us and, and they'll certainly not get the wages they're getting now. So, you know, if, if they want that, that comfortable, nice lifestyles that they've got now, then... They're gonna have. They're gonna have to put the work in. They're gonna have to try and prove to Johnson that they, you know, that they're good enough to get a new contract and they're good enough to play for this team. A lot of them don't have the choice. And I think, like I just touched on with Luke O'Nine, I think he is the one which probably would move up a level. But you know, he's got he's got a fantastic work rate and he's showed a hundred percent, you know, f- towards Sunderland since day one. Anyway, so so that's not gonna fall for him. But the other ones, it certainly is. The other ones need to, you know, they they need to pull it out the bag. Otherwise, yeah, they're going to find themselves playing for either League Two or, or lower level clubs um, on, you know, on a on a much poorer wage as to what they're on now. So, yeah, I think with Lee Johnson, he, he is, you know, as uh, Malcolm touched on, he's a very good coach. He's, a, he's very good at man management, sorry. Um, and he, you know, he is going to be saying to these players, it is a clean slate, it is a fresh start. Show me what you've got in training and, you know, those who impress the most and those I think who will do a, a job for us on, on the Saturday will play and that you know that's exactly what we want to see Conor McLaughlin as you touched on I thought he was done I remember the Burton Albion game last year when when we, um, when we lost at home that was one of the worst performances I've ever seen from a from a Sunderland player he was absolutely dreadful got beat 2-1 he was at fault for both the goals the fans had turned against him and you know there was there was people you know shouting for Parkinson to take him off, it, it was it was awful, and to go from that, which was about a year ago, to to where we are now with him, where we're quite trusty, trusting in him, aren't we? And we're, you know, we're confident uh, if he's starting. Yeah, fair enough, that's absolutely fine. He can start, he'll do a good job for us. So you know, other players do need to take a leap from his book, and other players do need to think, yeah, you know, I can't turn this round, uh, and I can't get back in this team, and now we've got the opportunity with a new manager, and and maybe I can win myself. Another contract come the end of the season. So switching now away from sort of the game at the weekend and the squad, I want to touch on something that was in the Sunday Neckel. Kyle Louis Dreyfus was apparently involved in the appointment. To me, that suggests that this takeover must surely be done. I don't suspect they'll be asking his opinion if he's not going to be dipping his hand in his pocket. But Malcolm, do you think that the fact that Dreyfus was involved means that this is imminently going to be announced? I think it must be. Yeah, I mean. Do I, do I absolutely think that? If I was part of that ownership board, even an ownership board, the present one, shall we say, you know, assuming the deal isn't done and we're still talking about the lads that we've had for a couple of three years. If I was part of that board and the deal hasn't been done, would I be giving them any say in what's happening in the club? Absolutely bloody not. Because they've got no right to because they haven't put their money where their mouth is and signed up to what we need, you know, which is further investment and, and this, that and the other. Um, whether Stuart and Charlie and Juan would allow that to happen as a sweetener to the fact that, you know, they're, they're trying to keep him on side to make sure the deal completes in the next couple of days or whatever it might be, possibly. Um, but it's 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 positive indication. Um, the one disappointment for me is, why don't they just come out and tell everybody that it's done, if it is? Um, you know, I know there's been such a a list of clubs going through challenges with um, takeover proposals in recent times. You know, I heard Wigan had one from some Spanish consortium or something 
canned this week, didn't they? Because they didn't look like they had the funds or the, the structure or whatever. Um, so I get that you need to be sensitive about complex business transactions. But if on one hand you're trying to do that and on the other hand you're making it publicly known that the bloke who might be buying your club help decide who's going to be the new manager, then you kind of, you know, you kind of, it's a bit weird, but it's a good weird if he is involved. It's a terrible weird if he's not, because why would you allow somebody who's, you know, nearly there to start getting the benefits? You know, those are the kind of carrots that you dangle in front of them so that when they are the main man or the majority stakeholder, they can have a voice in the board about those kind of decisions, you know. Um, so it's a bit of a strange one. I wish I wish they'd just you know come out with it or just stop mixing messages and giving them to the public because it it doesn't help anybody and people just start speculating. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a bit of an odd one. I I, I just want it done uh, or not. You know, if it, if it isn't going to work, we need to find a new owner anyway. The only other thing I can think that might be involved here is that uh, Kira Louis Dreyfus has turned around and said, right, I'm definitely in. Okay, but. Here's a few prerequisites I've got before we're putting the final signature on. Number one, I'm I'm sorry, but the manager isn't the model that I want to employ, so he needs to go. Number two, I want to have a sporting director, head coach model, not a new manager. And I want to have a bit of involvement in the interview process. And maybe those are a prereqs to actually rubber stamping what's happening. You know, now if that's the situation, we should hear about this being announced imminently because all of that dross is behind us now. Phil's on the beach somewhere. Well, he'd love to be if he could fly anywhere. Um, and the new partnership are in place and, and you know, we're, we're starting to move forward with them. That's the only other way. So, but even if that's true, it's got to be absolutely imminent. Um, otherwise, it absolutely doesn't make sense. You know, we'll see. Niall, uh, Kyle Louis Dreyfus. Actually, did you know that our granddad used to work for Kyle Louis Dreyfus? Just as a aside there, Niall, did you know that? Um, no. <laughs> okay. There you are. Well, I rang him the other day and mm. he was talking about Kyle, uh, the Dreyfus takeover and he was like, I used to work with the granddad. So presumably the granddad's the one who probably donkeys years ago. So yeah, he told us that and I was like, that was really random. But Kyle <laughs> Louis Dreyfus, do you think that the fact that they've brought in the sporting director and they've brought in a manager now, surely, you know, Malcolm's touched on this as well, but surely that just means it's done. Surely it, it's, for whatever reason, not announced, but it, it has to be over the line because they wouldn't have randomly went with a sporting director after being in for two years and never having a sporting director. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But do you think there's any chance that Dreyfus, you know, isn't going to be involved? Um, no, I think if you listen to uh, Speakman and you listen to Johnson's first interviews, both touched on the ownership group. They both said with help through investment from the ownership group. Um, both of them said that which tells me, you know, the, the the ownership group that we've had haven't really invested much, have they? So they've obviously had a, a an injection of cash. Where have they getting that from? They've getting it from Louis Dreyfus, of course. Why has it not been announced? We, we don't know. Maybe they're just crossing the T's, dotting the I's, whatever they're doing, I don't know. But um, as Malcolm touched on, it is frustrating because you, you're sitting there thinking, just please announce it, then we can move on and, and everyone can, you know, salute the new owners, have a drink to it and, and see what they, what they can do for Sunderland AFC. You want that. But like I say, hopefully it's announced. Well, you know, James Hunt, I said in the next two weeks, didn't he? And, and a few of the other local journalists have said in the next two weeks, that was last week, so... Hopefully it'll be announced sooner rather than later. Um, but yeah, I think it's got to be done. It's got to be done, as you say, if, if Dreyfus has had a 
he's had a, an input in the new appointment of the new manager and Speakman as well. And they both, like I said, touched on him in interviews and said about, you know, investment and what they want things invested in. Yeah, it's it's done. It's done. Um, and I think, you know, people just want it announced as well for the fact of other people can basically go away and stop getting media attention and, and you know, making the club look silly because I think everyone's fed up with that. And I think the sooner that this is announced and it's done, the sooner all that will go away. And, and you know, the, the embarrassment that comes with that can, can also go away. I just wonder if Willie's story's just been uh, raiding post boxes and taking away the final the final letter so that he can still click on to his uh, dream with his, with his uh, rich, rich backers. <laughs> We've got a game on Tuesday, Oldham in the Papa John's Cup trophy. Papa John's trophy? Trophy, I think. Yeah. It's the Johnson Paints trophy to me. That's what it'll always be. Um, but Oldham, what do you think Lee Johnson does for that one? Because surely he'll be... Well, there's two ways to think, and I don't even know what he'll do, because number one, he might go with his strongest team, so he can get to know them a bit better, and he might go with what he thinks is the strongest team. Or number two, he makes 11 changes and sees what the other half of the squad uh, can do. That, But I don't know where he'll sit on that. Niall, if you were in Lee Johnson's position on Tuesday night, do you make sweeping changes? Do you make moderate changes? Or do you go with roughly what you think is your strongest team? Uh, I, don't, I, I would probably go with the strongest team because I think that this team is very low on confidence, as we've seen. Um, you know, yesterday, uh, sorry, Saturday's performance was was actually decent. Um, you know, in the fact of we had a lot of possession, possession, and we created, you know, chances. Um, we need goals. We need goals, and goals is what brings confidence. So, I, if it was me, yeah, I, I'd be playing my strongest team, and I'd be saying, go out there, beat Oldham, go beat Oldham, score some goals, get it in here. This is what we're going to be doing from now on. You know, um, to to move on to the the next game after that because. I mean, I think the next game's Lincoln as well in the league, which is you know an incredibly, incredibly tough game. So yeah, I I really do think that that's what he needs to be doing. Um, I I wouldn't blame him, and you know I wouldn't be that angry either if he if he did you know as you say play the other half and and see what else he's got in around the team and see who else we've got. I, I wouldn't blame him for that either. Um, but nah, if it was me, I'd be playing me I'd be playing my strongest team, and also you know. It's an opportunity of, of bringing Sunderland a trophy as well. It's a, it's a, you know, it it is something. Yeah, it's not the trophy that we we necessarily want, and would probably wouldn't shout about it for years. But it's still a great way to install yourself in with the fans. If you bring a trophy home, something that you know no other manager's been able to do since nineteen seventy three. So yeah, let's you know that that would be good as well. So no, it, um, yeah, I I think he will probably take it seriously, and and yeah. If it was me, please start an eleven. But as you said, I've got absolutely no idea how he's going to approach it, and it, and it'll be interesting to see how he approaches it. Do you think, Mount, that maybe I mean, Niall said they play the the strongest eleven. I mean, you won't know what his strongest eleven is. Do you think he'll possibly though go with a bit of a hybrid whereby the players that he he liked the look of on Saturday start, and then he puts in maybe some of the ones that he left out who he thought might make a difference, so he can get an actual an idea, I suppose, of you know where exactly we're at and if the team he played on Saturday is actually his strongest. I agree with what you're suggesting, Connor, actually, yeah. So I, I don't disagree, Niall, that there's a lot of reasons for putting a, a strong team out. Um, You know, we definitely need confidence. I don't dispute that for a moment. Uh, but for me, it's a bit like, you know, building a jigsaw puzzle with, with the new manager and, and the sporting director. He'll have seen a few things that he liked on Saturday. 
there was quite a, a quite a, a number of okay performances which with a little bit of salt and pepper could have been you know something that would have won us the game um but i think there'll be a few of the pieces that he's already punched out because they're not quite the right shape and he'll want to try other ones in there now whether he starts with a similar 11 um and has um you know a lot of activity from the bench I'm I'm not sure. Do we get the same amount of subs in the cup games as we do in the league games? Does anybody know? Because I thought you got maybe more. But we haven't previously. I know when we played um, that one down at Fleetwood, we were only given three. But I don't. We haven't played a one of these games since the actual rule change. So yeah, I don't so it's know. probably just going to match the league. Then I would guess. Um, but you know, I thought I was thinking if we get more than we even do in the league, then he could have it like a frigging you know autumn international for England, couldn't he? Where you know, partway through the game, you bring on, you know, six or seven players, especially if we've already got a strong lead, uh, you know, a couple of goal lead or something like that. I mean, that would be famous last words for Sunderland because, you know, that's not what we're great at holding on to two or three goal leads even. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think he will go with a strong core uh, and some of that core will be things he's recognised, can play in his formation and in his tactics and style from Saturday um, it'll probably emit one or two or maybe more that he's already thinking that one needs a separate look to see who else is good at that. Um, but I, he will take it seriously, even though I don't think he's going to be absolutely, you know, full pelt from the first whistle. I think he'll put a strong side out because, you know, Niall's point about confidence is absolutely bang on. We've got to get these lads believing in themselves and believing that what the, the new head coach um and the own team can do is good enough because the, there's there's a real confidence lull at the moment. You could see that after we went behind, you know, the, the tails really dropped. So we'll see. And next weekend, Lincoln City away it was that was where Jack Ross saw his end. That's where the the sword was thrown over his head and he was was finished. We're here now playing Lincoln away again. We've had a manager in between. We've got a new manager, of course. Now it's been an interesting time since that game last year. Um, but what it's difficult to know. But do you think that Johnson will have learned so much on Saturday and will learn so much on Tuesday, and he will have had a full week training that next weekend against Lincoln will at least resemble closer to his style, Nile? Or do you think that it's still going to be a case of you know kind of hoping for the best and hoping that the merge of Parky Ball and this more progressive attack and play can somehow get us a positive result against a pretty good Lincoln side? Um. Yeah, it'll certainly be closer. Definitely be closer. I don't think it'll be. It'll be nowhere near the the finished uh, product. But it'll it'll certainly be closer. It'll be a lot more organised as to how he wants to organise it. The players will have a lot more of an understanding as to how he wants to play. Um. And you know, yeah, I think he's a he's more of a coach than what than what Phil Parkinson is as well. I think he's he's a better he's better at man management. So he's you know he's going to be on that training pitch with every lad individually. Um, and he's he's going to be helping them, and and you know his other staff will, will also be helping them helping them. So yeah, I think it'll be a lot more. Um, I'm I'm a lot more confident going into that game than what I would have been before Bartonson. Uh, hundred percent more confident. So I think it gives us an opportunity to go there and get a result. I think it's a big statement if we go there and get a result because you know we we have beat um you know a lot of good teams in this division this season and and. But we need to do it convincingly. We need to show people because I think a lot of clubs will be looking at Sunderland, thinking, "Well, you know, they they were probably a, a playoff team, or if not mid-table team at the moment." Which is, you know, something which Johnson needs to change. Um, and beating Lincoln away would be a massive, massive start to doing that. 
if we, you know, if we go to Oldham midweek and get beat, that's even though it's such a short space of time and one of them was, you know, he took over in the morning, the other one was a cup game, it's still going to look like two defeats from his first two games. That's still what it's going to look like. Um, which means that there might be more pressure on that Lincoln game, which again brings us back to the question you asked before about how much of a risk it was jumping, getting straight in the dugout from the start. So, you know, a lot of risk taken in there, but it, like you say, it's, we're, I think I'm, I'm confident going to Lincoln knowing that we'll be more prepared and knowing that we'll give them a better game than what I think we would have given them under Parkinson. I think under Parkinson, it would have just been go there, be tight, hope one of their players gets sent off, hope one of their players makes a mistake, hope we get a penalty and win the game, which is what he, he, he did virtually all season. So um, that's that's what we need to be hoping on on that can all change and that he's actually got a plan in place. And if that if that plan A doesn't work, he's got a plan B because, again, Parkinson never, ever had a plan B. So a plan B, a C, a D until he finds the win and, and I've got the confidence he, he has that and I've got the confidence that that'll get us a, a result or give us a very good opportunity of getting a result against Lincoln next week. Okay. First off, Newcastle uh, ladies were dispatched 5-2 by Sunderland today, so it's always nice to win a derby and well done the lasses. Hopefully we'll get some highlights from that, but I won't necessarily hold my breath because Sunderland's coverage of ladies and under-23s hasn't been the best this season. Well, um, we've got some three-word reviews to read. I used to always do these at the start, but I thought that uh, I'd maybe save them for the end, mainly because I kind of wanted to make sure you were in a, a good mood <laughs> as we recorded. Um, but let's start with these. Anne Caldwell, shot to bits. Oh, I disagree. Lee Barker, same old crap game. <laughs> Steve Hayward, same same old shite. That was minging by Ross Sanderson. Michael Dunn must buy players. Well, he's in agreement with you there, Niall. James Bobble, so bloody slow. Again, I think we all know that. Uh, Barks says, stop the rot. John Ridley, massive January window. Well, we've talked about that. Niall thinks that it will be as well. So you've got a few people in agreement there with you, Niall. Jason Beatty, big job ahead. Ross Hall, we will improve. Well, I, I sure hope so. Ross, Cameron Johnson, welcome to Sunderland. Yeah, that was a baptism, wasn't it? You know, I actually thought it had, when we were getting beat 1-0 with five minutes left, it kind of reminded me of the game against Blackburn under Martin O'Neill. And I was like, yeah, this is what's going to happen here. We're going to come against a stubborn side at home and get a 2-1 win with two late goals. Obviously, it didn't happen. Uh, Sean Cottrell, attack. Hacking, training, incoming, Loza, Scowen's Corners, shite. Well, we've touched on that. Ian Cost, new lows weekly. Difficult to disagree with. Any of these particularly resonate with you guys here? Or is this just really what you're feeling, Mark? Um, they resonate. You know, disappointment is something we're getting very practiced at, right? So I'm, I'm kind of pleased you didn't have them at the start, Connor, because even though we lost yesterday, and I haven't read a lot of the social media feedback about the game, um, and I haven't even seen the interviews of uh, of you know Lee Johnson and the guys post the match. Um, I didn't leave the match thinking it was terrible. I left the match thinking you know we were very um, industrious, but at, at points a little bit laboured and slow, um, and we just couldn't convert what we were creating. Now um, that that was similar under Parky, um, so that, you know you would suggest that that means nothing's changed. And is it going to change in three or four hours of the new guy being in place? Of course it bloody isn't. So people have to take a spoonful of realism as well uh, with what the guy's taking on. Um, but the, 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 the overall feeling I took away from the game was that could easily have been a draw, which wouldn't have been a great result either. Um, and if we can get better in the final third, then you know the, the, the capability is there. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't disagree with most of them comments. They're all uh, valid. Um, 
but I'm maybe I'm a little bit more of an optimist than a number of those guys who've done the three word reviews because it's very early days um for Lee and the lads um and we've got to give the bloke a chance uh, so we'll we'll see he'll be beasting the life out of them on the training pitch probably right now old guess and and through to Tuesday and ready for next weekend the the, the point on the Lincoln game as well you know interestingly we've won ugly a number of times but we've generally won ugly against the higher teams that we're playing rather than against the basement battlers. So, you know, if we can turn that into winning not so ugly in you know, then that that's gotta be helping with confidence as well. So hopefully in the in the week and a bit that we've got, or, or a week more or less, then you know the, the coach can do that. Okay. Well we'll wrap that one up. Thanks, Niall, for coming in. Always good to see your uh, pretty face. And Malk, of course, a pleasure as always and um, please remember subscribe to Rope report there'll be loads of content as well going on, on our website with people writing very hot takes and then perking your interest let us know if you disagree on twitter with any of our takes let us know if you think niall's full of shite as most of probably will <laughs> thank you for listening flexibility is great that's why there's yoga Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.